Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018. So I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8 p.m. to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyze stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Center. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. On each show, we aim to answer as many of your most burning questions, that's investing or trading questions, including an opinion on where your favourite stocks are headed. Our topic for tonight, top five gold stocks to watch now. Before we get into the juicy part of tonight's show, remember that the clock's ticking. We're fast approaching the end of another year. Can you believe it? Uh, for those new to the market, this is the time when the savvy investors start preparing their goals for the following year. Why? Because they know those who plan, fail to plan, plan to fail, and setting your goals this year increases your probability of achieving them in the time frame that you desire. So if tonight is your first time watching, thank you for tuning in and well done in making the commitment to get serious about learning how to trade the stock market. We really look forward to sharing many more evenings with you. Now, each week of the month, we rotate through different markets, share our thoughts on the charts to keep you informed. Remember, our goal for the show is to make your trading and investing journey easier and safer by informing and educating you on the realities of successful investing and trading. Hello, I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam. We are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. How are you going? I'm good, but I'm a bit disappointed. Why I, is that? I, well, yeah, I thought the title was we, we were going looking for gold watches, not watching for gold stocks. Well, do you want to go shopping? I thought you are tired of that. Well, we've been locked down, so I want to go sh oh shopping. Oh, my goodness. But I don't... I, uh, so I thought gold watches, watch, watching gold, whatever. Okay, I think you better talk about yeah. the special offer. The special <laughs> offer. Oh, the special <laughs> offer. Yeah, we. Um, oh, just to let people know, we did uh, launch a special offer for people that want to do our education, our diploma course. Uh, we launched that last week, and a number of you may or may not be on our website or yeah, on our database getting our e-news. And uh, if you do, are looking to get educated, we have a special offer at the moment that lasts for Christmas. And part of that special offer is that Janine and I are going to be um, mentoring. Dale's going to stand on his head. No. <laughs> and demonstrate. Demonstrate on... Uh, no, I can't... I'll pay to see that. Uh, just be quiet <laughs> I'll for pay a the full cost of the course to see that. <laughs> You're going to pay the full cost. There you go. Janine's going to pay the full cost of your course if I stand on my head. That's what she's doing. But no. <laughs> Let's be serious for a second. All right. Janine and I and one of our other senior traders has offered to mentor 10 people. So you'll get some personal mentoring by myself and Janine uh, and one of our other senior traders as you go through the course. So that's one of the specials that we're offering you. So if you do want to uh, talk to our team about what we're doing and, and maybe coming on to one of our courses, just uh, shoot us an email, info at wealthwithin.com.au or just give us a call tomorrow morning uh, 03-9290-9999 and say, hey, Dale said there's a special, I want it. Now, How's are you that? willing to do the baker's dozen if we get an extra two? No. 
because we sometimes get more people putting mm. their hands up and saying they Just, want it. You always want more, don't you? You, you, you say gonna, three gonna... stocks, you want five. If you say five stocks, you go for seven. <laughs> Value <laughs> add. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. Remember, right. if you have a burning question for us, you can send uh, an email or upload a 30-second video of yourself um, to Dropbox. Uh, remember to send us the link. Now, remember to send your questions to info at wealthwithin.com.au. Moving on, it is the third Tuesday in the month and you guys who watch it all the time know what this means. We're talking about world markets. So let's get into the charts right now, shall we? Okay, let's get right. to the serious part of the show, okay? Okay. Uh, you can see there on the list we have the Indian markets up 3.7% for the week. Mm. Wow. I think um, there'll be a lot of people in Victoria, Melbourne particularly, excited about that yeah look i think it's i mean indian market's quite exciting anyway now it has been a bit subdued most of the year but it's looking quite yeah. good at the moment it's interesting how it's changing from being the u.s markets dominating to be more in asia and europe mm. at the moment you're getting that swing and, and looking at the u.s markets the dow's more leading the last week or two not the s p and the nasdaq so mm -hmm. this i think like we talked about last week on our show you know the money flow yes and moving so i think that's what's happening now Right. Now, as you were saying, it's the Nikkei. The mm. CAC is actually up 1.7%. Tokyo, 1.69. The FTSE, 1.66. Uh, it's it's looking, looking for value, I guess. Mm. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.6. The S&P ASX 200 uh, in the middle of the board, 1.23% mm. up. Jumping down, I'll skip past the All Ordinaries. We've got the S&P 500 index, the US market, 1.16% up. That's interesting in itself. Mm. I mean, it, the US market was going up and all the other markets just followed potentially. And I've noticed in Australia, as I've been saying for ages, that the fund managers are just almost tracking what's going on in the US at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, they tend to, like, it's like we don't have breakfast unless we watch what's going mm. on in the US and whatever they're having for breakfast, we're going to have for breakfast. And, and I don't necessarily agree with that. I think, you know, yeah. we should be following our own path. But then it's also part of all these products that yeah. are coming out, you know, the hedge funds, the high frequency trading, all of mm. that sort of stuff that we are against, you know, and people shorting the market. It's not, it's not allowing a real market, really. It's not a, allowing a proper market That's flow. Right. It's, you know, they're trying to, uh, and as I said, they're, they're trying to scalp the market and mm. it's not actually adding value. And I know we're not the only ones that think that at this point in time, but, you know, when you've got big hedge funds pushing things mm. around and algo trading. But right now, as I said, I think, you know, the, the Asian market is picking up a hell of a lot more. Yeah, look, I mean, it's interesting too that New Zealand dropped to the bottom, mm. up only 0.35. It is early this week though, mm. so we can't really make a judgment call. And we know that often the markets that go up hard at the start of the week won't necessarily keep that momentum going towards the end of the week. Yeah, but we need to really look at things on a larger perspective to look at where the money's flowing. Now, the US market, the US dollar's down a little bit, which suggests certain things in their market. So, and obviously if... if if the dollar's down, it could be meaning a weak economy coming up, so therefore money may not be flowing into the US market. But again, it could be mean opportunities to buy assets over there, whether it's property shares or whatever that is. Yeah, so, but I mean, I wouldn't necessarily rate it based mm, on that, no. though. You know, obviously the chart's got to show where that money flows. So let's look at a longer going. time frame, because looking at a yeah. week, and we've only two days in here anyway. So if we look at the month, this is more meaningful at the moment. So we're mm. seeing the CAC 40 index up 19%. That's incredible. And the, the FTSE, FTSE which has been up. just atrocious, is up 15%. Yeah. So as you were saying, European markets up 138 The DAX up 13.69. So it's totally 
dominated by European markets. And you've got to think this is just on the hope of a COVID vaccine. That's what it is. It's just yeah. got to be hoping on mm. that. So it's a bit volatile at the moment. So let's quickly move on to the yearly just to sort of get it. I just wanted to picture. talk about what's at the bottom. So look at that. Okay. The Shanghai comps dropped all the way to the bottom, 3.8% up. And our market's doing reasonably well at the moment. But, you know, you could look at it one week and the next week it's something it's different. completely different. So let's look at here's the yearly now. So now we're seeing the NASDAQ all up the top, which is what we expected. With which all is the fairly consistent. Going. We've seen we've seen these markets in all these, um, you know, the NASDAQ 100 and the composite up plus 30% for yep. some time. So that's not really any change for us to, to see this. Um, the New Zealand market's also been reasonably strong over time. The CAC is in the middle of the market. So that this, these recent moves have made a big difference. So when investors look at the markets and mm. they think, oh, this is not performing, all of a sudden a month can make a big difference. Harsh, can absolutely. Mm. You know, because you see the Straight Times Index, which is, and the, the FTSE, which was the big mover this week. I mean, they're both down the bottoms at 14. Australia is now moving up. We're only down 1.7. We were down about 6% yeah. only two weeks ago. So the current bullishness at the moment is, is eroding. I think we've left we'll, our run too late. Though. Well, we have, and we'll probably end up the I don't think the Santa Rally is really going to help us that much at this stage. No, not at the moment, but it is looking quite bullish at the moment but yeah. it's, it's pretty good but let's keep moving on okay. Olivia, you finished with that or yep go okay for it. so now before we get into our first viewer question tonight i really do want to thank all of those who did take the time to send us in an email we really do appreciate it and and we don't get to your email tonight please just remember to send it again for get in my mouth's not working um, remember to send your email again next week and we will get to that, uh, especially if you tell us, hey, you didn't read it out last week. First uh, email we got, it's actually a video. It's from Dinesh, I think. So let's take it away, Janesh, and see what your question is. Hi, Dale and Janine. Uh, thank you very much for the great show as always. Uh, my question is about the technical side of the gaps on the chart. If a chart has gaps on daily, daily but no gaps on a weekly, could it be a concern? For example, Telstra, which has rebounded from its low, has some gaps on the daily chart, but there is no gaps on weekly. So can you please explain this technical side? And Dale, uh, what is your take on Telstra uh, moving forward uh, because it has uh, rebound? It looks like it has rebounded from its low. Thank you. Do All right, take it away. You said, Dale, your, can your, you oh. give me your take? Well, he said, and end. Dale. So I, I was supposed to answer the second part. You were supposed to answer the first part. Well, I'll let you go. Um, I'm going to be a gentle woman and let you go first. <laughs> politically correct. Um, I actually like Telstra. I think it's really good looking stock at the moment. And often stocks that look really bearish, and uh, which Telstra has actually been for quite a while, actually, it looks bearish. Uh, they will turn around. Now, Telstra, if you look at the chart, you'll see the big low back in Telstra in 2018, which was down here. It was 255. Let me get rid of this so I can see. Um, 255, I think, wasn't it? No, 260, the low there in June 2018. If I bring it up a little bit more longer term, you can see, look at that. So you can see Telstra's been, you know, really terrible stock um, way since this February 1999 high. And um, But you can see that first low there, that's 255 in November 2010. This was 260. Um, a lot of people know that as a double bottom, but then it went up, looked good. And then it looked bearish again. So this is a really nice sign this past week moving up nice and strongly, but it's not enough to get me too excited at this point in time. It gets, I am reasonably excited about the stock. I think it stopped falling. I don't think it's going to go below that level there of 255. So I think this is a good area to buy the stock. But one week up really doesn't mean much in terms of the bigger scheme of things. I think if people 
right now or this year we've seen a lot of volatility in the market we've seen a lot of gapping in a lot of places based on rumors news all mm. sorts of things and so it's pretty much irrelevant what's happened last week what I like to see is a bit more of a sustained move on the stock uh, and keep moving up and not be in that stage of fear of missing out on the run because Telstra, when it does run or when it will run, um, it'll be a nice medium to longer term run over you know, 18 months to three years, I would suggest, when it starts to move up nicely. But there's still a few challenges I think Telstra's got. Um, now, gaps don't always result in the stock no. falling away, but it could. Well, I yeah. think he's focusing on the wrong thing. Mm. He's got I, to look at direction. Yeah, and it's really about... It's about uh, and I was talking to um, David Blatt in New York this morning about property, and he was talking about, I was saying, what's the criteria on property that you have? And he rattled off everything except anything to do with the property. It was all about the process and mm. about what's the goal, what's the intent, what's your return on investment, what's the capital mm-hmm. yet putting into it, what are your expectations on rental yield, blah, blah, so blah, blah. So we blah. know nothing about how Dinesh has looked at this. Correct. Mm. So that's really what I'm saying. It's about all the intent. And I said that's exactly how we teach traders. When we're teaching traders, it's not about Telstra or it's not about BHP or mm. it's not about you know Westpac or whatever it is. It's about what are you doing to go about it and then the stock is the last little bit because yep. you find the stocks that fit what you're doing, not trying to make... You're, what you're doing fit the stocks, if that makes sense. But mm. great question. I do like Telstra. All right. Next question we have mm. is from Avrom. Hi, Dale and Janine. Janine, mm. you crack me up. How you keep Dale in line? Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> give him a hard time, don't I? You want to um, see what she does off camera. <laughs> Jeez. Dale, I have both your books and read them at least three times already. This guy's a sick puppy, isn't he? He's really got into your book. You've read my book five times. <laughs> I have been trading for almost two years now and look at the charts daily using Metastock. Lol, I have been on workers' comp for seven months after spinal surgery and have to pass the time while recovering. Wow, mate, mm. you know, I put take my hat off to you. This is a perfect time for you to learn. I, I just think about people who say that they haven't got the time, can't make the time. Um, they oh, don't they have the sort of excuses. challenges that... Um, you know, you're having and like, yeah, like Dale said, a lot of excuses come up. But um, yesterday was a crazy day on the ASX as I noticed many gaps and many large. And I ran a scan for gaps and only for stocks above a dollar and volume around, oh, for what has he got? Three million. Three million, is it? Three hundred thousand? Yep, million on the daily chart. Um, on the daily chart for 10 November 2020, uh, 114 stocks that met my criteria. And this is a massive number compared to other days. Can you advise what would trigger all these gaps? Um, it can't be news from each company. Well, you're absolutely right because this is a market-wide thing. So this is what we were talking mm. about with all the algos, short positions being unwound, mm. um, institutions taking a position and following the US in, um, to an extent in terms of the, the sectors over there mm. and, and picking some of the stocks within those sectors that have mm. you know, got opportunity. So that's really what we've seen, the money flow going in there. And it doesn't necessarily mean just because there's a gap on a chart, if it's a a market-wide thing that stocks are going to come back and fill it. You, you just never know the answer to well, that. It's context, isn't it, really? Mm. And that's really sort of what you're saying. In the context of last week, gapping around was mm. just nothing because all the algo trading, all that sort of stuff, whereas 10 years ago, gaps would mean to di- meant a different thing. Well, look, BHP gaps all mm. the time yeah, because it, it trades on the overseas market. Mm. So any stock that trades overseas experiences that. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily mean that it's always going to fill those gaps, Whereas, but there are some stocks that do. Mm. Yeah, but you're filtering. If you, And this is what I find a lot of traders do when they go, hey, Dale, you know, what kind of scan can I do to filter out the stocks to 
buy and I go, that's the wrong way of approaching the market. Mm. It's about having a list of stocks that you watch and yep. know them backwards. And, you know, I look, I take my hat off to you, you know, being in bed with the back operation. We've had many students at that. We've had several quadriplegics do our course. We've had blind people do our course or legally blind people do our course. Uh, you name it, we've had people do that. Who, And that's what Janine was saying, is there's no excuse. If you want to learn how to trade, you can do that. And obviously being in bed, you're obviously in pain and it does make it hard to concentrate. But really make your life easier and narrow down your focus. Don't go through big scans and trying to get 107 stocks. You just It's always about what we were saying to the previous, uh, to our video person. It's just narrowing down, looking at what is what are you trying to achieve and come up with a strategy around that. And then you're only looking at a really small chunk of stocks. And it's sort of like uh, well, I explained that when you first meet your partner, you don't really know who they are. You don't know what they're going to say or how they're going to react to whatever you do. But after you've been with them a while, you know what they're going to do and they know when you're going to get yelled at. Like I know when Janine's going to yell at me and bring out the swear jar. Yeah. You know, we've but been be careful each other of that time. connection because I'm not mm. your partner. You're no. a, you have a, a partner. Correct. Um, I'm, I'm your partner in the show. And yeah, your partner in crime here. In, yeah. in <laughs> business. But yeah. but yeah, but again, we've been around. Janine and I have been friends for 20 odd years. So we know what yeah. each people's personality is. And that's really what you need to know. With the stock, you need to know when somebody's in a good mood or in a bad mood, and that's really how you get to know the stock. If you're just scanning stocks broadly or scanning the market for just certain things, just ask why you're doing it. Not doing it, and really, and, it's just hmm. trying to pick the next big best winner rather than hmm. being the like the tiger hmm. or the lion, being prepared to pounce on the prey, having done the prep, and Correct. then going in at an appropriate time. So, yeah. you know, you can't possibly be across that many stocks and know them really well. No. And the best traders. Take, take fewer stocks, like, like Dale said, and know them like the back of their hands. Mm, but great question. And yeah. well done, matey. Oh, look, I really do applaud, yeah. applaud it because it is tough. I know, as I said, we've supported a lot of students in similar situations to you. So keep it up. Uh, and we're here to help you as well. So uh, our next question we've got is pretty much on the same subject, from a, but on a different stock. And it's from Wes. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. Last week, there are a lot of stocks that took off and gapped up on the daily chart. Oil search, Telstra, Santos, to name a few. Uh, my question is, are these gaps likely to be closed? I'm hesitant to buy the likes of oil search now after a 30% rise in a week, even though it's signaling an entry on the weekly chart. And I, I pretty much think we've sort of answered it. Mm. Gaps are overcooked at the moment, and really it's not meaning a lot. And you can't just trade looking at gaps. Um, trading is about understanding price, pattern, and time. There are three elements to the market. The market trades in price, it trades in time, which is days, and it also trades in certain patterns. So time and price make patterns. Just looking at one little element of it is not really a solid trading strategy. You need to have a lot of rules and techniques and to bring a confluence together of then this suggests X is going to happen with high probability. So, uh, and last week was an anomaly because everybody's thinking there's a vaccine out and, you know, we're seeing yeah. algos and everything else. But it's a bit of a, it's a bit mm. of this situation, looking at the risk and the opportunity when you're purchasing mm. a share. So like mm. with a stock that's already run hard, mm. for example, because this yeah. is a challenge for people and even traders that do our courses, you know, they'll do the, mm. the analysis, the setup will be there. They go to take the trade mm. and the stock shoots higher. Yep. And it's really about analysing how, you know, what's the risk and the reward or the, the opportunity. And yeah. if the stock's already run to the level that you think it's likely to turn at, then you, it, it just increases your risk to take it. So it's, mm. But it becomes a judgment call to decide whether or not to do that based on rules being met. So then, mm. you know, that's another, that's experience and that's, that's actually being able to analyse the yeah. history of the stock and know the stock really well. Mm. Mm. 
Beautiful answer. What a All legend. Right. The next email we have is Joe. Jo. Thanks, Joe. I think we've had a few emails from you. Have Good we? on you. Yeah, keep going at it. Hi, Dale and Janine. I'm wondering what your thoughts on Meta, Metcash, Metcash are. I'm not usually interested in small caps, but it has a PE ratio of 14 and a mm -hmm. dividend yield of 14%. I'm considering buying this stock. Thanks, Joe. Actually, I, I know mm -hmm. Metcash can have some liquidity issues from time to time, but I wouldn't necessarily consider... Um, it to be a small, small stock cap. per it's se. Small lure, yeah, it's if not. we just get the volume up and have a quick look at it, you can. I'll put the crosshair on so we can mm. get a feel for what we're talking about. Now, of course, during COVID, volumes did go up, but if say it's around about 17 million units traded a week, and it's you, you know, and it's a three dollar stock, it's not a small it's stock. Not a small stock. Um, so you know, it's got, but it, but it can be volatile because the liquidity is not like a BHP or a Commonwealth Bank. So that's what you've got to understand. So, looking at the left-hand side of the chart, I think there's potential mm. with Metcash, and I think that it hasn't gone down significantly um, with the COVID sell-off. It's actually been quite resilient, and so have a lot of the, so of the other stocks like Woolies and Coles were quite resilient during that period as well. And they often tend to be, you know, track similar sort of trajectories, even though the chart can look a bit different at times, they can become similar. But, you know, I'd like to see it get above, strongly above this $3 three level to, 3, 10, to yeah. see it go higher um, on the upside. The downside mm. risk, though, is that if it starts to pull back below about 290, then it could head for this low. And that would really signal that it's going south if it goes below there. Yeah, so uh, Metcash looks interesting. Good okay. question. Fantastic. Now, the next question we have is from Chia, who says, Hi, Dale and Janine, a long-time viewer. Thanks very much for that. Thanks for the support. Um, but the first email to ask about your thoughts of a penny stock. Thank you for sending us your email. And if you've been watching for a long time, I know there's a lot of people out there that have been meaning to ask a question, but never quite got around to it. But next week's your week, everybody else. Um, the question she's got is ASX, um, I think it's C... CI1, the Hong Kong-based company, has been performing very well with recent acquisition in Singapore and Australia's debt restructuring business has achieved a 400% growth in net profit after tax, as well as 200% growth in revenue. However, however, the trading volume has been extremely small and the share price is very stagnant at around 2.5 cents to 2.8 cents for the last six months. I'd like to hear your thoughts about this debt restructuring business given that COVID-19 has made the entire economy more than ever into debt with reducing interest rates and high unemployment rate. Um, wow. Am I allowed to... No, I'm not allowed to do that, am I? You can do what no. you like. I don't like it. Look, you just congratulated the person for sending in a question for the first time. So That's why you better I think carefully how you're going to handle this one. No, I think it's fantastic. I'm going to leave you there. You're going to leave me hanging, God. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I mean, looking at the thing at the moment is, uh, I'm not sure why you'd want it. Uh, I really don't. And, and to me, it's, it's, this will be very, very hard to trade. And I think the assumptions made on the debt problem, I know Australia's personal debt, I think there's a lot of, that's been coming down. Mm. Like people being locked down, they're paying off debt, they're putting money in. There's a lot of cash out there at the moment and people are paying down their debt. Low interest rates means they're paying off their home loans and they're bringing those down. So I don't necessarily agree with the, the metrics around all that. It's about the government debt. It's That's about a government thing. debt. Mm. So it's a little bit different. So um, right now, this is not giving me any level of excitement. And trading these little specky stocks around 2.8 cents, hoping to make money is really, it's a gamble. You might as well just get a coin out and just flip it and go, yep, heads or tails, am I buying or selling? But we can still get direction, mm. even from mm. a, a low liquid stock. So mm. I, I know, I appreciate what you're saying. You're trying to encourage 
um, you know, more focus on bigger stocks and not to worry about these types of shares. Yeah, but it's more of is slow is quick. It's more about the methodology. How yeah. do you choose shares and, mm. and how do you end up with a share like this? To me, mm. this is more about the story rather than fact. Correct. Mm. Yeah, and it's who's, if somebody's telling a great story, then it might move. But then mm. how sustainable is that? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, look, if it yeah. goes above this high here, um, mm. that was the August high, I think. Mm. Is it September high? Um, 3.2 cents. Then it's got a chance of moving. Mm. But still, it's going to be one of those things that you just can't let it go. You've got to manage it really carefully. Well, to me, look, answer your question. On mm. these types of stocks, out of 100%, what would you say you'd get it right? I would An say average person would get it right. You could get it right maybe 30% of the time. And and the problem with it is it just can go all of a sudden reporting mm. season comes up and you get wiped out because mm. people tr try to get yeah. out of it and you've got no liquidity in it. So that's sort of my point. It doesn't mm. matter whether you get it and you make some good money out of it um, by flipping the coin, so to speak. The chances of you getting that are low. Yeah. You know, I'd rather Depends go on your knowledge most, too. Mm. But yeah, for most, I'd say for most low. people. Cool. Um, so now we're going up to my... Oh, somebody... It's asking me about my book. I know I have a few people are asking it, uh, about my book. How to beat the managed funds by twenty percent. So the the special offer that we can we'll send it out to you for free. You just pay the shipping cost. I believe there's a link up on the top left hand corner or down in the the comment section. So please, if you do want the book, it is there. But only buy it off the web page. You don't go to the bookstore in our website. Just get it off the books, uh, off the front page. There's a big graphic on there saying get the book for free. Just pay shipping. Click on that one and you'll get that special price for you. Uh, we've had a few people in the last couple of days going, I went to the bookstore and it was $30 on there. And I went, yeah, but you need to go to the homepage. So that's where you need to go. Now, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We've got lots more to come. So before we get into that, now's a perfect time to hit that subscribe button and also like the video. Now, we've got the topic, introduction, do drum roll. That? Yeah, I knew you would. You had a good weekend, so you're feeling a bit more obliging, aren't you? Oh, look, I went home to Geelong mm. to my old stomping ground. Okay, a bit mellow. Now it's time we get into the topic for tonight, which is top five gold stocks to watch now. Now, we're often asked, what is the best way to gain exposure to the price of gold if it continues to rise? Should I be buying physical gold or the top five ASX gold stocks to make a profit? In times of uncertainty, investors are flocked to gold as it's considered a defensive asset that allows you to hedge against a stock portfolio. However, this, for this to be true, gold would need to be rising when the stock market is, is falling and falling when the stock market is rising. But is this really the case? We intend to let the charts answer that one. Now, gold has risen by around 50% in the last four years, but will gold continue to rise? And will it repeat this in the next decade? Or are we likely to see a significant price correction in the years ahead? Mm. Mm, interesting. In tonight's show, we'll take a look, hard look at gold and answer these important questions, as well as sharing top, some top five gold stocks to watch right now. Okay, so okay. No, no gold watches, but gold stocks. Now, there's been a long debate of whether to buy physical gold, um, gold stocks um, or ETFs. And we've chatted about this on previous shows. And you can also uh, watch a recording. I, Janine and I interviewed, Josh, you interviewed Joshua with me, didn't you? No, no you I did I just it. did it on my own. I kept him right. on my own. Joshua for our um, Talking Wealth on Flix.net. So that's F-L-I-X-Dex. Dot net. But we also put that interview up on YouTube and I believe the team are putting the link to that video below um, so you can click through and watch that. Joshua is a gold expert and he talked about a lot of that sort of stuff, gold ETS versus physical gold, why you would do it, the positives and negatives. So go and watch that one after 
tonight's show. Don't do it right now. But we've got to get into our thoughts on gold and um, what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah, I guess, first of all, just yeah. discuss a few points. I mean, from okay. your perspective, you were more in line with what Joshua was, was saying. I think we've talked about it on a previous show mm. that I actually prefer to purchase the, the physical stock or even an ETF in gold rather than the bullion. But there are lots of ways, you know, you can look it up on the internet, we found how to do that. But your mm. preference is still to buy the physical gold, is it? Oh, look, there's there's positive and negatives. Physical gold's great because you've always got it, mm. you know. So but that's, where are you going to put it? Thing. You know, you but can't shove you it under your it? bed. So you've you got, got to find than... out how to how to store it safely. Yeah, if you've got a kilo gold bar, what are you going to do with it? Yeah, Use it as a doorstop? Yeah, put it around your neck, maybe. Yeah, good. Um, Line yeah. your bras and your undies with it. <laughs> I don't have bras. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so to me, it's like, but that's that's true, isn't it? Unless you've got a few gold coins and you can keep it at home, mm. which is fine in your own home safe, but then you've got to store gold, etc. But there are positives around that, but there are also negatives. Like if you own a gold stock and the mine goes broke, mm. then you've lost all your money. Or it's all in one place. It's all in one place. So there's concentration risk there. Gold ETFs are great because you're spreading your risk and you're into an area that you may or may not understand properly and they can spread mm. their risk across a lot of gold stocks um, or maybe taking hedges on physical gold. So there's positive positives and negatives around all of those, but yeah. you know, but don't one will suit everybody. So it's more about what is your intent, what are you trying to do? Yeah, that's good. Mm. Now, look, I mean, we've, mm. we've got some websites here that we want to share. So one is on finder.com.au. Um, Are you going to sing the jingle? No. Okay. Um, now, how to invest in gold in Australia. So there's a whole lot of research and it's really important that you do your research. I'm not suggesting this is the only place to look. You need to um, spread mm -hmm. your risk and also look at what happens when you buy and sell gold from a tax point of view and understand that. So the ATO website might help you there. But how to invest in gold in Australia, compare gold dealers, gold stocks and online brokers. Now, remember, you will find fact and opinion anywhere. Correct. So that's what you've got to be mindful of. This is about building your, spreading your, um, expanding your thinking on gold, but not necessarily saying, oh, that's what I've got to believe. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Finder's got some great articles. I mean, we contribute to Finder all the time ourselves, yep. um, and they've got some great articles, but it's just one person's opinion, and I think yeah. you're better off, uh, like you were saying, is more have a balanced opinion. You mean if, if you read an article, it's one person's opinion? Yeah, generally. So yep. look, and I would read a few different articles to get a more of a balanced view of mm. what, what really is the areas of gold, whether it's ETFs, gold stocks, or, or our physical gold, and really do your research on all but find is a great place to start. Yeah, so. and so look, there are a, f a few websites mm. too where you can actually buy gold. And now I'm not endorsing any mm. of these particular um, com companies or websites, mm. but this is all part of your research. So ABC Bullion mm. was one of them. So it talks about buying gold products and there's a lot mm. of research information, not just for gold, but other um, commodities as well, like silver. And then we've got the Perth Mint. Um, if you've watched some of our Flix um, shows, you, you'll, you'll, have, you'll have watched Brent and Drew and they talk about, we, I did an interview with them um, last week and I think one of them aired this week, did it or it's airing? Uh, yeah, one's airing again this week. One aired last one, week. Ne one, one next week. week. Yes. Yeah. One and so they, they love gold and swear by it, and, but they've got their guns to protect themselves because they're in the US. So, mm. you know, what do you have to protect your stash? Now, um, mm. you can see on this website, there's a lot of information there. So just have a trawl around the Perth Mint you'd, you'd think would be quite interesting to do some well, research Perth on their Mint, website. Well, Perth Mint, I was chatting to a broker, not a broker, a former broker, but who's um, puts He's now into bigger deals, getting lots of um, 
uh, investors, wholesale investors, into it, sophisticated investors, and they're launching a new fund basically on cryptos, buying all the cryptos. And he was talking to me about it only on Thursday, but he said the Perth Mint was involved in a Bitcoin uh, buying Bitcoin and having it backed by gold right. um, for quite a while there. I'm not sure that they're still doing that. I think mm -hmm. that sort of got separated, um, but they were doing it. So there's some interesting stuff happening yeah, around gold. Good to very read much about. So. Mm. Mm. Look, as with anything that you trade, the most important thing that you need to mm. know is about the direction. So it doesn't matter whether it's a stock, okay. a commodity, currency. Yeah. So you check this first and then buy using pr a proper trading plan that you've tested yourself. Never just buy based on opinion and never buy on somebody else's rules. You right. know, even though we teach you rules in the course, we actually teach you how to think and how to analyse it. So, and I, I um, like to talk about it when we used to have the workshops. So I used to talk about it like, you know, become the mad scientist. You know, you can just see the hair <laughs> sticking up, you know, and, and work these things out for yourself. That's what we give you that power to be able to do that. So I think it's time that we have a look at the price of gold on a chart, shall we? And just see what the chart shows us. So if we go to... Uh, so we're going to compare gold with the market. Yeah, yep. I think it's really important because we're talking about, mm. is this a myth that you know yeah. gold is, is going up and therefore um, the market could be down in times of uncertainty? Do we rush to gold? What yeah. tends to happen? We do, we do get that a lot. You know, when the market pulls mm. back, people go, I'm buying gold, I'm buying gold because that's the hedge and you know, yeah. that's what you need to do. You need to go to safety. You know, but is, you know, to me, you know, when they, when you put, is there an inverse correlation? That's what you were saying before is between gold price and the market. Because if you're saying gold's going up, it means the market's going down. But is that going to be the case? And so mm. if the market's rising right now, that means would suggest that gold should be falling. So let's actually take a look at the chart and actually see the facts. And this is going to show you exactly where the gold does do an inverse correlation to the market. Yeah, so let's have a good look at that. So we mm. can see here that... Um, you know, the, the, pro the all ordinaries is the line chart. Is the line. So that's that huge move there that we saw during the mm -hmm. GFC. It peaked, came down, and we can see what happened to gold. Now, um, these are not, it's not exactly percent. You, you can't always um, measure it exactly because when I've overlaid the, the market, it's not directly to the scale. It's in time it is, but not necessarily in price. But we saw this huge rise on the All Ordinaries Index. And of course, we've seen nice. um, a, a big rise on the gold price as well. Now, the interesting thing was into the lead up to the GFC, the market actually topped out in November 2007. And if I look at where the gold price was in November 2007, it was peaking here, but it still ran on for another three months before it actually topped. So initially people jump into it and push gold up a bit, but then that yeah, but what does that tell you? Because people are still buying mm. into the high. People are still buying after the high because they don't know what they don't know. Correct. And so they're buying based on stocks getting cheaper. So is it the smart money going in there? Because I don't think so. I don't because think so either, no. I think it's just the industry telling the story and then all of a sudden gold falls with the rest of the market. Mm. That's my take on that one. But there are times and a lot, there are quite a few times on this chart where it's showing that the gold price continues to go in times of uncertainty. So there was all this uncertainty in 2009 through to 2011 and 12. Remember in the wake of the GFC, um, there was a crisis going on in the US, crisis of the... But you would have thought gold would have been strong then. It was still hanging on there, but gold Gold was actually strong in the lead up to it, but again, it is, was actually sideways mm. through that move and then fell away quite heavily. And we saw the gold price fall all the way into this low in 2016. Okay. So if just to illustrate a couple of moves, though, on the market, if I just... Un, now, even though I've got a little trend line in, it's not a trend. 
it's just a line there to help me see what's going on. So this is when there were some significant falls on the All Ordinaries Index, and we're seeing there the falls happening on the gold price as well. You know, pretty close to around the time when these major falls were occurring, the gold price was falling, except during COVID, which is, that was manipulated. Yep. It wasn't normal. And so therefore that to me explains that anomaly. But, but there are plenty of times when the gold price is rising beautifully and the market really hasn't done much. Mm. So, you know, you're looking through this period here and the gold price is going up strongly. But quite often you'll see that the, um, let's just bring up a couple of examples here. Hang on, I've got something there hidden. We can see that to the high in the GFC, so if I take the equivalent date. Um, I'm champing out the bits to find the stocks. Yeah, we'll just, just hang on a sec. We'll just oh. look at one thing, right? So this is just one example of where the market rose 158% approximately from that 2003 low to the GFC high. Now, gold rose by roughly the same That's amount. Made the same amount. See, and... I mean, I'm saying that gold can be good at times. Mm. There are times, if you go through the history of this and do your own analysis of it, you're going mm. to find examples where gold will outperform the market. Like, yeah, you and know, you will find that all the time. You know, but it's about, you're going to diversify yourself. You know, they talk, the industry talk about going into bonds as well. Mm. But then there are all these arguments that bonds don't really but yield. Gold tends to be more of a longer term investment. And as Joshua said, generally it runs at about 10% per annum. Yeah, but longer term when? Like, you know, if yeah. somebody buys into gold at the top of the market, they think, mm. okay, the market's overheated, I buy into gold. They got a good run into the mm. high here. But then mm. those same people won't have a clue to look at a chart to see when gold Correct. weakens and when I should be out of it. Because this was a long-term decline that we saw into that low. So you still need to be able to get out of it at the mm. right time. And then gold didn't appreciate in value for all these years. So going all the way from July 2013, all the way across here, it was up and down all over the place. Now, this baby doesn't pay rent, unlike a stock. So that's mm. one of my arguments for going for the, the ETFs stocks. and okay. the stocks. Okay, so now we have some stocks to share. So what are the top stocks to okay. watch? Um, or what are the top stocks on your watch list right now? All right, now, um, that's a real secret. That's a lot of stocks. <laughs> okay, I thought so... we only had five. You're, screaming. <laughs> You're going further. Now, we're just going to have a look at what's happened for the week here and just um, look at the, the leaders board. So we can see lots of small stocks in there. So just to explain this, on the left-hand side, you've got the stock name. Then you've got the code, you've got its last price, the change for the week, this is, I can change that to month or year. The market cap for that particular stock, you can see a lot of small numbers here in the, in the millions it is. So that's really, um, really low on the scale and I wouldn't even be looking at those sort of shares. Um, low market cap on um, reasonable volume, but still the value of it doesn't really make up for it. So. You know, that's why market cap to me is one of the really, it's the most important thing that you can be looking at when you're looking for the shares. So we're looking for nice, big, liquid shares. Now, we know Fortescue is really an iron ore play, a large mm. iron ore play, um, more so. And I've, if you have a look at the chart of gold, it does track gold reasonably well at times, but then it's really going with iron ore, the iron ore um, activity. So, you know, I decided not to, even though I like FMG and I'd always have it on my watch list, I decided not to put that in there. Um, and just pick some of the other, um, you know, gold mine stocks that um, mine gold. So, I so you at, you would look at the top ten of those. Oh yeah, I would look at the top ten shares. When you start to get down here, get we're talking illiquid. about um, getting more illiquid. Now maybe not for an individual, hmm. 
but for example, we wouldn't look at these because they're just too illiquid. Yeah. I'll just give you an example because you like to talk about the dark horse and I know that, that so sort this of gets is one you that, interested. So we need to get into your five stocks. Yeah, but before Otherwise I tell Santa's you... Otherwise Santa's going to come down the chimney and give me a yeah. present. Okay. Because we'll be here that long. <laughs> oh, goodness me, the mind boggles. Um, 10 million... 10 million a week, okay, yep. in terms of the number of shares, and we're talking about a roughly a $2.20 stock. So that's okay, mm -hmm. but it's still on the low end as far as I'm concerned of the spectrum. And some people are probably saying, well, gee, that's not as illiquid as some of the stocks I'm looking at. But So if we go back to that list, you can see there I've got Newcrest Mining, Anglo Gold, Evolution Mining, Oz Minerals, IGO is another interesting one, Santa Barbara, um, Oceana Gold. Now, you've taken all the delisted ones out of the list. So this is Optima, giving us an easy and quick method of searching the shares. We've shown you other methods online. Um, Western Areas was one of the ones I just showed you before. Now, you could go down a bit further. So you could go down towards Grange Resources, but you're getting much lower in that, in that zone there. So if we just stick with the big ones, and we're talking about Anglo Gold, the next thing you've got to do is just have a look and see how it moves in relation to the gold price. Because if the stock doesn't move with the gold price, then it's not going to be, in my book, an easy, an easy um, stock to trade. And this stock is reasonable. Like It seems to be tracking some of the moves that we're seeing now, more recently anyway, in the gold price, which is a good sign. But it's, it's trading right down now. It's fallen away much more heavily than what the gold price has. So that's telling me there's some... Okay, um, so what are the other there. So what are the other four? Okay, so they've got all their pens ready on their pad. Yeah, Newcrest I always like, but it's not yeah. an easy stock to trade. Even I've had students come and say to me, "Oh, geez, I've back tested this one and and found that you know it doesn't work on just normal simple rules. You've got to really work the rules on this one." Now, Newcrest follows the the gold price reasonably well, not exactly, but it it has some really good moves. So it's a nice um, stock to trade short to medium term, but yeah. more short term. So I like Newcrest. That's one. Um, but it's a it's a higher difficulty, if you like. Okay. Now, Evolution Mining is a really good one. It's it's a trending stock. So this is how you pick some nice stocks to trade. But look how it sort of emulates that movement on the gold price. Not as volatile, mm -hmm. but when it rises, it really has taken off, hasn't it? So, I mean, that's showing you the history of it um, is a good stock to have on the watch list. But right now, I'm more thinking... There's a potential downside in okay. gold shares at the moment. So we need to, it's not about buying them right now if they've been falling. It's about waiting for them to make the moves, break out okay. of sideways moves okay. and trade higher. Next. Um, Oz Minerals is a favourite. So that one looks really nice. Um, you know, there's a potential that it could come back and find support, but it might not. I mean, it's already shot off really strongly. So it may um, come back to these support levels across here. Okay. I'd just be watching this one because I don't think right now is the right time to be looking at it, as I was saying, but um, this moves different to the gold price. But I'm just going to show you the chart of this. You want stocks that have actually come off their bottoms as well, that are nice and liquid. So have a look at that. Long term, it looks like there's some reasonable upside for, yeah. for this share, but it's at a strong resistance level at the moment there. Okay, next is? Um, SBM, Santa Barbara. This is a stock that historically I've always liked. It's a great trading stock that you can trade for a number of months and make a good gain out of it. At the moment, it's down like the rest of the gold stocks. But if this stock gets through these levels here, closer to $4, that would signal to me a cool. really interesting opportunity. Well, that's your five. How many have you got? Six or seven? Two you're um, stretching that. I like this um, Romalius Resources. It's actually um, trended really nicely over time. So mm -hmm. if you have a look at that, 
when it moves, it actually has it some move. really nice rises. So you can make some good money out of a share like this. At the moment, like the others, it's coming back. But I think once this settles down, if it finds support about $1.45, then I'd be looking for um, a logical entry based on technical rules only on these types of shares cool. um, to trade it. Now, WSA was the, the dark horse um, because of the lower liquidity side of it. But not just that, because this pattern is so interesting in the history mm. of the share, um, I think that this could be something to watch. And But if it continues to decline, then I would... You know, the recent push pullback we've seen on it was a bit worrisome, this pullback we've seen here. Cool. October, if it continues to go below this low, I'd just wipe it off the list altogether. Okay. But if it rises, so it. it could be really nice. Fantastic. Mm. Thanks, Tony. That's okay. Now, after all that, oh, can I have a drink of water? Yeah, you can. Um, let's get into some more emails. But before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click the like button. Come on. I know you want to. Okay. Give it a go. Well, we've got another video and that's a question from Peter. So take it away, Peter. Hi guys, um, I hope you are well. Um, I know this is the Australian stock market report, um, but I was hoping you might be able to cover um, something that Dale mentioned probably about a year ago now um, that I've been following ever since, uh, which is the Altria Group. Um, it's um, on the American exchange, um, MO. Is the, is the code. Um, to me, it looks like it's been following a very regular pattern down channel. Um, and interestingly, in the last sort of few weeks, month or so, um, seems to be breaking out of it. Um, looks like it's about to go through that upper trend line. Give you your thoughts. That would be great. Thank you very much. Cheers, Tank. Right, this is an interesting cool. one, isn't it? Yeah, good looking dude, eh? Mm. I love his man cave. He's got drums and guitars. I my know, kind of man, fantastic. eh? Mm. He could jam. I get all my guitars out and everything else. <laughs> okay. So. Uh, yeah, I actually don't even remember talking about this stock, but it was a year ago, so that's a long time in my time. So you know you're being watched. <laughs> I, I know he's been watching it, but I do like this stock. When I had a look at the chart again, I actually don't mind the stock. I might obviously Altria Group. It's done this beautiful trend right down through here. It's really nice um, if you want to... It's just such a good trading stock. And these are the types of stocks we like people to trade because they just make it so much easier. And when people are looking at those really low cap stocks, they just make in their job hard, mm. you know, and it really is it's about finding a good strategy and then knowing what your strategy is and then picking stocks that fit that. And what I find, that's what I was saying earlier, is people try and fit stocks onto their strategy or they don't have a strategy and they just pick stocks that hopefully they might go up. Well, I do actually like this. So looking at the chart again, you can see, a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful you know, downtrend. Beautiful downtrend, oh, right down it's through symmetrical here. Symmetrical, almost to the uh, upside. Yeah. So if this thing does start to take off uh, and go above that sort of line there, I think it'll probably be a really nice sort of trade. I do like that. So very well done, mate, for keeping an eye now, on. Now the we, stock. we don't want to encourage necessarily to talk about Mer American shows because it is no, Australian, Australian stock market Australian show. Stock but market. I think you were allowed. Um, this one through because it was a video, didn't you? I allowed this because it was a video and I didn't get a choice. You put it in there anyway. So, but that's it. <laughs> okay. All right. Now we have a question from Andy. Hi, Dale. Can you please share your thoughts on Parenti Global, PRN? The fundamentals are good, i.e. undervalued, good earnings, paid good dividend. The technicals aren't bad either. The weekly chart forms a breakout from the flag formation. The plans to buy the stock and hold for at least 12 months. Thanks, Andy. Okay, so we know the fundamentals of what they are. Mm -hmm. um, so what he's saying is the fundamentals are supporting 
a rise. It was a good share. Technically, it looks lovely. Mm, it does look lovely. Um, I really mm. like this share. I think it's a good pick and um, I would stick with it. If you have some really good rules on it, then you, you could do well with a share like this. But history will tell you mm. whether uh, the current move is actually a good way to trade this share or not. So... But, you know, I mean, if it if it takes off and we see a... I'll put the cross here back on, but if it goes above here, there's some resistance there where it's trading it at the moment. That could be quite nice, couldn't it? Yeah, I think it's got some... It's 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 got something in it. I, you know, it has, it's quite volatile, but it's mm. more of an ordered, orderly volatile rather than a random volatile. Yeah, it hasn't been messed with by the yeah, look of it. Mm. Yeah, so I do like it at the moment, and I do agree with your technical analysis on it, I think, so far from what I'm seeing at the moment. I think you've got a good strategy uh, at this point in time, but let's just see where it does at the end of the week, see if it holds up. You know, at the moment, we've got a slightly high close on it, but it's only It's a always of days nice data. to see the fundamentals backing mm, the technicals, correct. but at the moment, the fundamentals have been so skewed because yes. of what's happened with COVID. Mm. Yeah, and you haven't been able to rely on them so much because it's really sort of a bit mm. of speculation with the fundamentals. So it's good you're doing both parts or, or both sides of it, especially if you're more of an investor, you do need to do both the fundamentals and then look at the chart to see for direction and strength. So fantastic from that one. Thank you very much for sending that question in. Uh, the next email we've got is from Fahad. Um, Fahad says, hi, Dale and Janine, can you please take a look at Costa Group? Yeah, you like Costa, don't company. You? There you mm. go for me. The monthly and weekly charts both look great with nice and steady rise on the weekly chart. I see higher lows and higher highs with a wet summer expected ahead, uh, less bush fires. I think this has potential to take off, especially when other stocks in the same industry, elders have already taken off. Yeah, I, look, I do agree. I know when we talked about this stock um, late last year, I said, I do like this mm -hmm. stock. And I know we did say it was setting itself up and it has run quite nicely since then over the last few months. But let's have a quick look at the chart. It's done really, really well. It has. Look, it's trading mm. at an important resistance level at the moment. It's got the potential to go to 440 to 480 mm. in the short term. Um, yeah, I like it too. So not just for now, but I like it more, um, you know, for a trading stock. It's, it's a small, lower liquidity mm. share, but I think as a trading stock, it's going to be really nice, isn't it? Yeah, some of those small stocks like this can mm. give you some, if you have some good rules around nice stop losses, you can make some really nice little returns in six months. So what's the six volume weeks. on that one then? Uh, the volume on it, let's just put the volume up there and we'll whack it on the bottom and you can see here it's a little bit lower at the moment than what it was through 2019 and 20, but looking at any one of these, you can see his, you know, 5.1 million through there at $3.50 odd, um, 4.7 million. So um, it's, it's really on the so low, lower end of the It's a lower end of it, but it's not too bad. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more volume here, um, but it has been a little bit low. I mean, obviously being in the food industry um, with farms, etc., cetera, um, wholesale fruit and veggies, all those sorts of things. I mean, I know the guy that owns, he's got a mm. huge house in Geelong, so I know he must be doing okay. Well, look, looking um, at the downside where the stock's fallen away really swiftly, mm back in uh, 2018 and then 2019, mm. that gives people an idea for the personality of the share. It's mm. really important to pay attention to those moves on the chart because that could happen again at some point. Correct. So you just need to be aware of that. It could just drop you know, on a, on a news mm. report or something. Yeah, so just mm. have some good rules around it, pretty much that's what we're saying. All right, so we've got a question from a buyer. Hi, Dale and Janine. Is it a good time to buy AGL? At present, there's hardly any value stocks in the market and the rest of the energy companies have gone up significantly. It seems AGL is bouncing back and I wish to buy at $13. Please give me uh, your kind thoughts on AGL for the next three to six months. So, Do you know what yeah. mean? she means? Well, he, I'm not sure what? whether he or she, a buyer. Um, uh, value stocks. 
Um, I would say it's about fundamentals more than anything. Mm. So you're looking at PE ratios and, and the like, and it is a challenge right now to find value stocks that are actually rising mm. right now. At the moment, I would say to just get ready for AGL. It's not ready yet, um, but it's still trying to pad out that bottom at the moment, and it's very thin on the ground on the on that low. So we like AGL. It's one of the stocks that we think um, could be interesting going forward, mm -hmm. but it has got quite a few hurdles to get over on this rise. So if it can stay above $14, $15, um, then that would be really good for this share. Yeah, as I said, I think I agree with it. It's a little bit early for for this stock, but just it, keep it on your watch list. I know Janine and I said materials, um, energy and financials for the next year. So this would be one of the ones we would have on our list for watching for a possible entry. Now, um, next we have a question from Max who says, Hi, Dale and Janine, would love your thoughts on PNV. He says, I feel like I missed the boat on this one as it looked like it set up from a nice basing pattern just above $2, um, the $2 mark regards Max. Thanks, Max, for sending your question. It's really good to uh, have your question. So is this the stock we're looking at? Yeah, so look, this particular share, I can remember vaguely us talking about this mm -hmm. one, and you can see that there were there's a lot of resistance around this level. And I think mm. there was, we were talking about, I think, sometime when it was coming back in this decline. Yeah, probably not. So it looked yeah. quite bearish at that point in time. And so I, we wouldn't have thought it, was, it would, you know, do much. Um, based on that particular move. But you have to then look at each bar as it unfolds on the chart right. to tell you whether the situation's changing. And of course, through here, it started to prove itself. And going through that resistance level, it just looks really interesting now. Yeah, it does. What I would expect it to come back in the shorter term. Um, I'm not sure about the basing pattern idea on it, but I would think, you know, this is such a strong rise. If you look at how it rises, it goes up for a few months, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven months uh, here. Um, one, two, three, four, five months roughly through here. And we've had, if we, sorry, this is week, sorry. Um, you know, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine weeks. We're in week 10. So you'd expect to come down a little bit more short term on that. Um, yeah, so what you're saying is you want to see the pullback and then a yeah. push higher. Because yeah, it's right well, near the all-time high anyway. Yeah, it's right near the all-time high and has mm. broken into that sort of blue sky above some of those other, other peaks through here. But yep. to me, again, it's like stocks rise up and fall down and that, and, and then they find some levels, a next level of support to move up. And, and I always talk about it being that you can't walk upstairs till you put your foot down to get the leverage to move up. So you've always got buying and selling on stock. So you do need to I call it checking the weight of the buying and sellers. And when, you, when it comes down, then you can check how voracious the buyers and sellers are. If it's just the buyers pulling back, um, the stock will drift down a little bit. If the if the buyers or the previous buyers are selling heavily, then it's going to fall heavily. Uh, and so therefore, we're measuring that. And it's just like getting a pair of scales out um, and measuring that sort of strength of the stock. And that, that will tell us whether the next move is going to be further going up again and how strong that's going to be or whether there's more downside on it. So it's just weighing all that. But Yeah, look, yeah. I agree. Um, are we mm -hmm. moving on to the next question? Yeah, yeah, We've yours. got the final question tonight. Is this which the is final question? From Brian. And you just made it in by the skin of your, your teeth, Brian, because I had to ask... Um, the question of the producer whether it was okay mm. to, to let you in. So just try to keep those times you to three o'clock as much as you can. with and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> Hi, Janine and Dale. I would be interested to see your opinion on Suncorp. Sun is the code as a medium to long-term buy. Seems to look like it may have broken a recent downtrend line, but there are some gaps on the daily chart. Mm. Risk of the stock coming back to fill it. And thanks for the great shows. Cheers, Brian. 
All right, now looking at nice the guy. yeah, looking at the big picture here is very polite, Brian. Mm. Uh, we can see there right back into the '90s, SunCorp as a checkered history, especially through the GFC. So, I actually mm -hmm. was talking to some people who who um, do business through SunCorp, and they thought, well, we do business through them, and we actually like them, so therefore we buy some shares in them, right? Which is not. Um, the right way to think at all Generally because correct. you know that's the biggest risk you can take is just to think oh well I like um, BHP so therefore I'm going to buy BHP but the timing is so important well, so Telstra is the classic one of that isn't it isn't it and mm. and um, Suncorp fell 80% during mm. the GFC so that just shows you the volatility that this share exhibits and even before then we saw that big pullback mm. that occurred into the 2003 low here so look it it can be quite volatile and COVID has proven that that's the case, but technical analysis would show you that there was this pattern. So we avoided this share for a long time just because of what was going on around this yeah, zone. We, we didn't like it. And we could see that there was a potential downside. Well, COVID's actually helped flush mm. that out and allow the stock to fall away. And moving ahead, um, it's got some hurdles, but it's starting to look interesting. I just wouldn't be trying to pick it off this bottom. I think it, there's a reasonable probability that it will go up, like if the banks and insurance companies are moving up, that it could um, start to move up nicely. However, uh, I still think that there's some risk with it. So how's this term. stock? I mean, obviously, Suncorp is a little bit more insurances than banking. Um, yeah. Obviously, the cost of money for them is higher than it is for a big four. Is mm -hmm. there a second-tier bank? Where are they making profits or where are they likely to make profits to get the growth? Well, look, I mean, at this point in time, you'd think that they would have had to have lost mm. a um, reasonable amount of business. And maybe that's why, the sh you know, it's not just a COVID effect, it's the, the share price, because it was already rolling over mm. into that move. And the insurance companies have all been down in exposure to insurance QBEs, but they are starting to, or have been starting to improve slightly. But then, you know, insurance companies are always questionable yeah. um, as to when's the right time to buy them. But, but it could set up soon. It's just that you look at the monthly chart and it's only just taken off. So we've mm. seen this lower low this month, which is really interesting that the, the stock would trade lower and all of a sudden trade higher. But the direction's still overall sideways mm. in effect when you look at that range on the monthly. So what are you saying? Too early or? I'm saying, look, for, for higher risk takers who are looking to trade short term, potentially there might be some money to make there. Okay. But you have to have a really good set of rules. But if you're looking for more medium to long term, it's too early at this stage. There you yep. go. You heard it from Janine. All right. Um, last week, we yeah. asked you to tell us what's the best lesson in the market or the market has taught you. And we had lots of awesome responses, didn't we? Oh, and, we had a lot of fun uh, reading them you too. Know, Dale says to me, pick one. I'm thinking, well, how am I going to pick one out of this? Because a lot of them were so different and so great. I really enjoyed mm. reading them. So thank you for that. I'm sure other people enjoyed reading like this as well. It's like watching you pick out a, your favourite chocolate out of a box of favourites. <laughs> so this was just under our recording, wasn't it, from last week? Yep, correct. On the YouTube channel. Um, so this one's from Andrew. Andrew, we picked you. Um, the best lesson I learned in the market was to stick to your trading plan. I thought that was just really perfect. Emotional reactions always prove to reduce your gains and getting out too early on a win and get burnt by not getting in on a, on a solid signal. So the FOMO that Dale always mm. talks about. So always follow your plan. So I really love that. What did you think of that? Look, I did too. And I like when you do research or you see studies by institutions, you know, like universities on traders, that's the biggest thing that traders do mm. is not follow their plan. But they say, if I'd followed my plan, I would have made money, but I don't follow the plan. 
But so, is that more people mm. who are just starting out and have no, no, no. It's just they don't. They, they talk about traders who have been trading for a while. So a lot of these university studies of of red. And looking at that trader psychology or heuristics, uh, mm. behavioural finance, those sorts of areas, and looking at those and thinking, well, why aren't you sticking to your trading plan? You know, if you've got one and it works, just mm. stick to it. It just and what did the answer come up with? I think it's just men with their egos. Uh, right? No, probably not. But it's just it's it's maybe like, it was right the first time. <laughs> maybe I was right the first time. But it is us guys. We think oh, we can adjust it. We can do better. We mm. can beat the market. And but, we have but you that. can adjust it as you're yeah, trading. You can. It just depends on how the stock unfolds and what, yeah. what, how you analyse shares and what strategies you've come up with as you've been doing your testing. Correct. Uh, and I think when I ask people, when I have people on the phone and I'm chatting with people about not sticking to their plan, I generally say, well, you either you don't trust your rules or you don't trust yourself. Which one yeah, is it? Yeah. Or is it both? Mm. And generally it's I don't trust myself, mm -hmm. but quite often it's I don't trust my rules. Um, and so but even though they've got a trading plan with rules, then they haven't um, tried them enough. And this is where we always talk about, you know, know the personality of the stock, know your rules, know your strategy mm. and backtest it. And so, you know, the biggest thing that we teach our traders is to backtest and backtest and backtest ad nauseum. Because if you, it's like driving a car, you know, I know Janine doesn't think about driving a car anymore. She just does it. And sometimes that's a bit scary. Um, but you haven't been in a car with Janine, guys. Um, but that's what it is. You don't think about driving a car, but when you first started driving a car, you had to think a lot about it. And this is where how a lot of people trade. They have to think a lot about their trading rather than having that knowing. And that's that getting into that stage of learning where you mm. just know. Um, and that's really where the traders like Janine and I are. We just know what we think and we can look at a chart pretty quickly and go, yeah. And we can get it right with a lot of a high probability. But when you don't trust your rules, you're always changing them and second-guessing them and then breaking them a little bit or bending them a little bit, and that's when you fail. So I think that's a, that was why I loved that one. It was just brilliant. Now, when we had yeah. workshops, we used to take it back yeah. to the really bare-bones simple and show yeah. people charts and then get them to tell us whether they think it's going up, down, or sideways. Yes. So if you think about mm. the gold stocks that you saw on the charts tonight, which of the gold stocks that we talked about do you think is the best? So just have a think about that. Go back and watch the recording. Have a look at the charts. But don't do it at for any length. Just watch it as it's played. And then at the end of it, just make up your mind and say it's this one out this of those ones. Yeah. yeah and so get typing below um, after the show and then let us know what your opinion is. Well, I think I'd like to know why they're thinking it too. Would you? Yeah, just like, hey, why did you pick it? Okay. Like, why did you pick it? So don't take... Because sometimes it's just that intuitive... Thing that, yeah, it is. That, and we find that some people, before they've even learnt how to trade, they mm. just have that intuitive side to them where they can yeah. look at a chart and then they can see what's going to happen. Mm. Mm. Correct. So let's uh, so get your fingers on the keyboard and start typing so that we can get some of your responses. All right. Unfortunately, oh. we've come to the end of tonight's show. Is that a big sigh? I am. I'm a bit sad. I was just getting into it. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed the discussion tonight and thank you for participating. And remember, your questions are important, so don't let them go unanswered. Also, if you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, send in your ideas and we'll look at your requests for our upcoming shows. Yeah, um, remember to hit that subscribe button and like the video. And also remember to share the video on tonight's show with your social media, with your friends and colleagues, so they can be informed on you helping them. And as the participation grows, we can deliver you more and more interesting topics. So, um, but remember to put the show onto your calendar as we'll be back here right on YouTube live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Now, if you'd like to have your question answered on the show, either send your question in an email um, and remember 
and it, they, they've done it to me again with the teleprompter. Know, There's no words what... on there, guys. Um, remember, video questions have priority. So I've got someone yelling in my ear. I always <laughs> love that. By emailing info at wealthwithin.com.au and type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. You must do this before 3 p.m. Tuesdays to get into that night's show. Well, thanks, guys. We really hope you enjoyed the show tonight as much as we have bringing it to you. And as always, thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you again next week. But for now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.